0: I think that there's like three body types. Either you like your THC or you like CBD dominant or you're some hybrid in between. And and I think uh, a lot of people that feel like they're THC dominant could probably really benefit from having CBD with that to get even more out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they they complement each other very well.
1: This is Lit and Lucid, your after work de-stress smoke sesh podcast.
2: I'm your host Lit.
1: And I'm your host Lucid, and we're gonna take you on a journey
2: a journey to discover the truth and find the balance
1: every week we get deep on those thought provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe
2: but we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture
1: so kick back
2: consume your favorite cannabis products and get cozy Cozy in the the lit
1: and lucid lucid lifestyle. lifestyle
2: Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode of the show. Today, you guys, we have a very special guest and friend of ours. His name is Lamar Bird Jr. He is the founder of Cush Pump. And we actually sat down with Lamar, you guys, back in May of 2018. He was our ninth podcast (laughs) episode. (laughs) And now I think he's going to be episode 145. So we've all come a long way in the industry. We're super excited to sit down with Lamar and see where he's at today. Uh, Lamar, he is the founder of Cush Pump Apparel, as well as Kush Nutra Oil. He's also a nationally ranked bodybuilder who frequently uses cannabis in his fitness regimen. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Cannabis and fitness, that's one of our favorite topics, as well as a oh, little yeah. bit more. Uh, Lamar has moved to Michigan now as a cultivator. So we're going to talk about the Michigan market as well. So with that, what's up, Lamar?
0: What up, what up? Thank you guys for having me on the podcast. I can't believe it's been a hundred and like 30 something episodes, <laughs> but you
1: guys are going strong. We are still going strong, man. And, and so are you. And so uh, we're glad to reconnect. You know, I, I know with this show, we're gonna have a lot to talk about, uh, to, you know, with your journey from Colorado to Michigan and also uh, an update for our listeners on what you're doing with Kush pump and everything coming down the line. But before we get too far into that, uh, let's learn a little bit more about you and, and kind of how you got to the place today, and and you know where where and when did cannabis become a part of your life, and and when did this journey with uh with you start?
0: Yeah, man. So um, right now I'm in Michigan, but before I got here, um, I guess we can go back kind of just ten years ago. I got into competitive bodybuilding, um, and so even at that point, I really wasn't much of a cannabis user. Um, just you know, scare tactics, you know, reefer madness, hysteria stereotype stuff. Um, and then once I finally kind of merged into it and like actually like it, started to use it with my routine and, and and just have overall, you know, at this point, cannabis is legalizing. So I'm getting more opportunities to like go into dispensaries and kind of um, really live like that West Coast lifestyle, because before I was in Orlando and, you know, from Orlando to Colorado, the differences on that are like night and day where it's, you know, you got your, your dispos on the corner like it's a Starbucks and stuff. So then from there, you know, I really just started to use cannabis and really just uh, be like realize it's certain strains. And like I was the first time I got to try Pineapple Express, you know, I, even after watching the movie and shit, I was like, oh, like this is the this is it. This is what they're talking about. Like you you, you start to understand things so much better. You know what I mean? And and so then from there, you know, uh, I kind of I had a a fitness company where we were doing T-shirts. And so then what I kind of started to do was just Cush Pump. It was just a shirt. It was just like a logo. And, you know, from there, I started to really broadcast like what I was doing. And and at this point, I'm getting to Colorado. So, uh, you know, use what I'm doing, having more access to stuff, creating T-shirts, other different like SKUs and really just, you know, embrace that. That Cush Pump lifestyle—that's really what it is, you know. It's—it's uh, it's almost like a, you know, people hear my brand and they start using it almost like uh what's the word? It's—it's it's like a Nike. It's like you Just Do It. It's like, yo, I'm gonna go Cush Pump. You know what I mean? It's—it's—it's it, it, it's, it's like an action. You know, I guess it'd be a verb. You know what I mean? Uh, people are kind of using it and that sort of thing. So yeah, we can just go from there. That's kind of how you know Cush Pump got started. Uh, just with t-shirts, just basic stuff, and really just actually liking to play and realizing it's something I could. I could use during my workouts because I I guess really like the real game changer was that, you know, I realized like, oh shit, this sativa, I I hate that word sativa, you know, (laughs) uh, we can argue about that another time, but this sativa, (laughs) like, wow, it's giving me so much energy, so much focus, my muscle connection, the pump. And with me being a competitive bodybuilder, it's like you know, it's like my my steroid drawn weed. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell us, you know, did, is and I and I'm kind of like skipping ahead of here a bit, and and, it, and I've got like a leg up because I know you personally, and so I know that you also cultivate, and you're like a very you're very knowledgeable in the cultivation arena. So did that come after? You know, you you kind of had this experience with cannabis, and you started learning more about it. Did that did the plant like lead you to the cultivation ultimately, or or where did that come yeah. in? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. Because uh, I used to do fitness coaching. So I, I still do. I still have like online clients here and there. And, and, and we're working mainly with like diet and stuff online. And so then you start getting into these plants and you're like, oh, your plants need calcium. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I you know, I need calcium too. <laughs> oh, you know, they're like, hey, you know, uh, go get some Epsom salt. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm putting Epsom salt in the soil but I'm also doing like Epsom salt baths. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started to realize that like, it's literally like a parallel universe of like what you're putting into your body reflects the performance of it. And I started to really look at like the cultivation aspect of it and really start being like, Oh shit, you know, feeding this and and kind of getting into the cultivation aspect. You can really start doing some cool things in the garden, which was like something new to me. And uh, you know, and, and kind of it's that whole thing where, fitness people they're very in tune with their body their surroundings their environmentals all that sort of stuff and so the same thing with this plant you've got to be you know in tune with what you're feeding it the environment and all sort of stuff so you know some things work the same some things work different some things literally have no relation but just through me just literally just wanting to learn things and start from the bottom i think my first i think my first gig was like ten dollars an hour Mm -hmm. you know uh, literally yeah. just, you know, started from that, just, you know, trimming weed and just taking all these different cultivation jobs. And so, uh, once you can kind of get your head on straight and understand that sort of stuff, that's whenever like you can really start, you know, what w- whether it's cannabis or your body, you know, really start taking control of, of what's going to get, you know, happening, you know, day in and day out.
2: Yeah. I love that. So I think that's really cool. We talked to another cultivator a while back and he said the same thing. It was like, you like, he understood what his body needed for fuel. And once he like realized that he understood what the plants needed for fuel. And I think that's so cool. Like, especially of you as like being a bodybuilder, like you have to really understand how to like make your body do the things that you need it to do. Right. It's not just like I'm going to the gym and like trying to lose a little bit of weight. Like this is a very specific task that you're trying to achieve. So like having that understanding and then turning it into, you know, what you're doing with the plants. That's so cool. Like I could see the total parallels with that for sure. And I guess I never thought of it that way. You know what I mean? Like you don't think about it. You're like, oh, you just water the plants, like whatever. But it's the same. It's like you can't just like diet and be like, oh, sometimes I'm going to eat chicken. It's like a very specific process to achieve those goals.
0: Right. And, And I think you guys, I've seen it from both perspectives. You've seen someone on their fitness stuff be like serious as shit. And then you see there are some growers who are like serious as shit. It's like a very, it's a very extreme lifestyle sometimes yeah. going from. <laughs> I can switching see from how the person is
2: aligned. Yeah. It's really like yeah. the same type of personality.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, you, you got to stay on your stuff. But, uh, and it's actually talking cannabis and fitness. This is like a random tidbit that I, I'll just like throw out for you guys and, and the viewers. Have you guys heard about the relationship between, uh, calcium and magnesium in soil versus in your human body.
1: Uh-uh. No, let's, let's hear
0: it. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's, let's, let's hear it. it's, it's a little <laughs> inverse relationship. So, um, typically like when you're getting magnesium, you're, as a person you're using, uh, a, like an Epsom salt bath, right? So, so that is, uh, loosening your muscle, right? Cause you want to relax, you know, inflammation recovery. Mm-hmm. Well, so if you want to contract a muscle, you need calcium a muscle will not contract without calcium so sometimes like when we hear about cramping people want to talk about like oh potassium blah 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 but actually it really could be calcium and that's like that that's just you know fact for human anatomy 1101 so now you take it into soil or like growing mediums and if you're a grower you know that if you add too much magnesium it actually tightens your soil or, 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 or tightens that medium. Hmm. So it's doing the opposite of what it does for a human body. Yeah. Hmm. And so, and so when you add calcium to soil, it loosens the soil <laughs> and, and, and you're supposed to have calcium dominant soil because obviously if there's too much magnesium or if a soil's too tight, it just chokes out the plant. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So hmm. it, it's kind of cool how this, how soil, um, and people have opposite reactions to calcium, magnesium, and, uh, you know, c- kind of when we get into like fitness and some other things that I've actually learned from this, just like sitting there thinking about it is, uh, when you do a lot of, when you do a lot of, uh, Epsom salt baths, you actually could hold a lot of water from the, from the, um, the magnesium. I don't know if you've like realized it or not, mm-hmm. you know, after a run or something. <laughs> well, it's because you're pushing up your magnesium levels. So you need more calcium to like balance that out. So you can actually like start contracting, pushing water out hmm. so humans can actually have like uh, uh, they can be bloated from actually lack of calcium. And it actually goes back to that calcium magnesium relationship, which is the, the opposite of soil of uh, of those two. So it's just, crazy. just something to think about random yeah. Random tidbit.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's cool. And it's like a great showcase of your knowledge and how I think that's, you know, there's something somewhere, you know, sure, some smart guy said, you know, the, the epitome of like knowledge and, and, and like imagination is just connecting things. And I think that's right. what you're starting to connect, like these different things. And then you're helping you like realize it. And even if they're inverse relationships, you're still going to remember that later. And it's going to be a very good tool in your toolbox. And so. That's why I'm like, you're like my go-to for fitness and cultivation. (laughs) Cause you know, it's funny of like, before I really got into cannabis and and then cannabis really led me to fitness. And uh, I just thought vitamins were something that like my grandma took. And it's like vitamins (laughs) and nutrients and minerals and these things are like very intrinsic in in fitness and in cannabis. And I have a good friend, Aaron Hoare, and he sells nutrients. And I've learned a lot from him just, you know, following his journey and him talking about the nutrients and, and seeing his plants grow. And I have no clue about even you could apply this stuff to like your tomatoes. And if you even have like a backyard garden, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you just like really hone in on nutrients and giving the plants what they want, or if you're like a millennial out here living in your apartment and you got houseplants, like same diff, If that leaf starts turning yellow. There's a reason for it. And your plant's telling you something and it's a nutrient deficiency. And so I just think it's really cool how uh, these things are are becoming more palatable. And then it's almost like re-educating our population about the importance of vitamins and minerals and nutrients, not for their own body, but then, also for cannabis, and then I think that's cool about how you know leading into this now, and we'll we'll I kind of want to segue back into Kushbump a bit and talk about um, you know how cannabis incorporating that into like your fitness lifestyle really makes a difference. But I think it makes you a great spokesperson um, for clean cannabis and cannabis that's cultivated in the proper way, and then also being conscious of your consumption uh, when you're using it for something like fitness. So. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about you know Kush Pump, and then maybe some of the relationship with cannabis and fitness, and and how those two things work together.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Kush Pump it it serves as a uh, it serves as a lifestyle brand, as I said, and also obviously for education. As you see, we kind of dive into this stuff, and it's something that I really want to be uh, a truth, you know, kind of kind a, of a, a forefront that has helped establishing bridging the gap between cannabis and fitness. Um, that's really what I want Kush Pump to be. So, you know, when people see that and understand it, you know, they see a Kush Pump shirt, they're like, yo, that that dude stands for something. He, he's about it. You know, whether it's the gym, whether it's the grow, it's probably both. He's he's about his business. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when I met you, Lamar, it was back in like 2017 when I was running Green Love. And it was at right. the time when, you know, like, there wasn't really, like, 420, like, fitness people out there. Like, it was really at the start of, like, this whole movement. And it's really right. cool to look back then and then to see now. Because, like, I kind of coined the term, like, lit yogi, like, around the time when you had, like, kush pump. You know what I mean? And, like, there right, were these right. two, like, active lifestyle movements that were kind of floating around online. And then you look at it today and, like, I know your movement has definitely grown, you know, exponentially. You have tons of followers on especially your oh, yeah. Facebook page and Instagram and stuff. But, right. it's turned into a lifestyle. You know, like you said, like people see Cush Pump and they totally incorporate. They're like, we're lifting weights and we might be smoking a little bit of weed. You know what I mean? And like, it's so cool to see how that movement's evolved. So like, how does that feel for you? Like, you know, four years ago, it was really nothing. And like, look where we're at today.
0: Right, right. And so that's, it's crazy because four or five years ago, it's like people were giving me shit for posting cannabis and smoking (laughs) and like, you know, this like whole like, oh, it's such a it's a bad image or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like now these same fucking people are like, oh, I love CBD. Oh, I do. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) motherfucker, I told you this, like, just (laughs) you know, it's it's not that crazy, you know. And so um, it's really cool to see that because now we're starting to see that the leagues aren't testing for stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there's other athletes that are, you know. It's we're still kind of in this weird area with some of the active players, but for so, a lot of retired NFL, MLB, NBA players, you know, some of them are like, dude, I smoked. I smoked a blunt before every game, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? it, it was like <laughs> football players and, you know, all this different stuff. It was uh, uh, I forget the one basketball player. He has a podcast. It's called uh, it's the Something Smoke podcast. He talked about how he smoked like every day before practice and all this stuff. And so it's cool to see that's coming out now and that, you know, obviously some of the stuff that we maybe thought negative about people was just, you know, bad propaganda. It really had nothing to do with weed. Um, so, so that's really cool to see. And now what I'm able to do with Cush Pump is just really create this lifestyle that you can like, almost like repeat yourself and tune and tap into all the different stuff. So like my, my cannabis routine is, uh, you know it works with my fitness routine as far as like what i do in the morning what kind of strains i'm looking for uh you know from morning to night and and typically like how my day starts with that type of stuff is you know i've the cool thing about legalization is you're allowed to like do this stuff and formulate different things and you know you can get thc distillate and mix it with your cbd at home mm-hmm. um which which is something i do uh and and i think that's a, something that's like very underrated in the fitness community right now Hmm. um i I really think that i think there's like three body types either you like your thc or you like cbd dominant or you're some hybrid in between and and i think uh a lot of people that feel like they're thc dominant could probably really benefit from having cbd with that to get even more out of that you know what i mean yeah it's they they complement each other very well you know it's like you eat some food, and then all of a sudden you throw in digestive enzymes, and and you feel yourself working that much better. You're like, oh man, I'm I'm hungry now, my metabolism, and so I start realizing that, you know, um, with cannabis, you don't want to isolate things, you know, uh, you know, because today you walk into a dispo, it's as highest as THC, you know, blah blah blah, this and that, and so I'm realizing that whether it's you know, cannabis and cannabinoids or like food macros you want things paired together you know um so so that's what i'm trying to do throwing during the day or when i start i'm starting off with some thc and cbd stuff i'm a heavy flower smoker so by the time i'm you know digesting a few capsules i'm rolling something up for myself (laughs) and kind of you know uh what i try and do is through a day i try and aim for like anywhere for you know 80 to 150 milligrams of cbd um Mm -hmm. thc will probably be like around the 80 milligram range and then i'm just like consuming lots of flour but obviously based on like terpenes uh you know when i'm working out in the day all that kind of stuff i've kind of custom fit that a little bit
1: there you go so now tell me are you so then you know as part of this used as like a recovery and then another part used as almost like a pre-workout or you know what what are the purposes you know for you consuming
0: yep so you know we've got the sativa for the kush pump for the, for the pre-workout. Um, so that's going to be typically like a lot of hazes, mm-hmm. alpha pinene, which is going to be like your flow strains, which is like that woody type stuff. I'm, I know you guys have kind of talked terpenes with, you know, other guests, plenty of other times, uh, in that sort of sense, uh, limonene is another good one. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's pretty much a, a, a good handful of certain terp, uh, profiles that, uh, I know benefit like result in good workouts. I, I'm at the point right now where I just want T I, I can work out with just THC, but like, Oh man, if I have my field day on picking like what strain, if I'm, if I'm growing something myself, I'm like literally growing this for pre-workout reasons. Like, Oh man, like, Oh, I, I don't have a good, I don't have a bad workout for a month. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> yeah. it's like the, the, the strain starts at all. And then, so, uh, you know, from there we go into the pre-workout and then obviously like, Uh, I have problems eating, not like in a bad way, but, you know, competitively we're eating five, six times a day, very high calories. So it's very typical for me to have certain strains that not necessarily are indica that knock me out because I don't want to like fall asleep. I just want to get hungry. So I definitely pay attention to certain strains that can increase my appetite. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you, you know, whether it's, uh, it's. Just certain indica strains uh, or certain hybrids of, of that where I, I find that, you know, um, really help with my meta- metabolism eating throughout the night, the end of the day, make sure I can get that kind of stuff. So and then uh, for recovery, I just really just like to eat. Uh, I'll, I'll do some uh, edibles before bed, you know, mm-hmm. so really get some good sleep. I, I don't like to get like six or seven hours. And so if I figure if I just take like 40 milligrams, mix with a little CBD. Um, I'm, I'm sleeping good. <laughs>
2: I love that. I love that you're paying attention to the strains and mm-hmm. you're, you're making that mind-body connection, right? Like you've understood like, okay, this sativa strain is going to be a really good connection so I can get a pump in the gym. And then at night, you know, I got to chill out a little bit or get hungry, whatever it might be. And you're paying attention to that. And I think that's important, like in when we're thinking about this movement as well, that we're like educating consumers on the importance of strains and terpenes, like you said, like the lemony, like the that's going to create like an uplifting feeling like people need to be more aware of this versus just going to the dispensary and buying based on THC level. So I think that's really important as well as the fact that you're emphasizing CBD as well. Like we've been really pushing like CBD, we've been adding uh, mushrooms into our diet also, and that's been helping kind of similarly like CBD would. And so it's just important to understand that you have these other compounds that can work for you as long as you're aware of what they do.
0: Right, right. No, for sure. And, and that's really one thing I want to push is that, you know, we need as much whole plant medicine as possible. And I, I personally think that part of the CBD uh, downfall was a lot of companies just creating uh, stuff from isolate or very, very little mixed spectrum stuff. I mean, we've all seen a CBD COA where it's like 80% this, and it's like 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. <laughs> and then it's yeah. like, well yeah, that's, that's, that's cool for a kilo of distillate, but when you cut that down (laughs) to a thousand bottles, then like, you're getting like 0.04 CBC. (laughs) Like that's not, that's not, you know, is and so, you know, that's why I'm still going to always provide stuff with like Kush neutral oils. And that's kind of the whole, um, kind of jumping to that is, uh, that's like the, the CBD company, you know, behind uh, Kush cush pump is we're a cold press extraction. Uh, so the machine doesn't get over 105 degrees. And with that, uh, extraction process occurring, we're able to maintain the most amount of cannabinoids per, per milliliter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on our test results, we've seen as many as anywhere from 13 to 19 cannabinoids per drop. Wow. And, you know, and, and when we put that, that's the COA side by side to other brands, oh, like we're, Kush Neutral blows it out the water. Right. And so that's really promoting that entourage effect, that medicinal benefit of whole plant medicine. And so when people are like, oh man, like, you know, your, your shit's so good. They really don't have an explanation for it. But, you know, we know that it's because okay. of the process and, and what's in there of what's making, you know, a good product or an inferior product.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And that's something we've talked about a little bit before and something we probably don't talk about enough is the entourage effect and really having all these minor cannabinoids, too. You know, there's like THC and CBD dominate everything. And the next one might be a little bit of, you know, CBN and we're talking CBG now, but there's like a ton of other ones. There's C B C and uh, you know, all of these different like various constituents. There's like deltas and and uh, like the non like uh, decarboxylated versions of it too. And uh, right. there's a lot that you can have there. And so if you if your ingredient label just says C B D on it, you're really missing like probably 20, 30, 40, 50 other things that may not even show up yeah. in the test result, even so I could see that being a thing. Uh, tell us a little bit more about you know how Kush Pump got, or how Kush Nutra uh, more so got started. Was that just more of like you already were taking oils and you wanted something for yourself, or did you see an opportunity where you know these other products just weren't getting enough of like the good stuff to where you wanted to provide some of the good stuff to consumers?
0: Yeah, man, it was uh, it was. Let's see here. That was 2018. So we're going on three years now to come in January, and it was just one of those things where I. It's kind of funny my first time trying cannabis i didn't like it that was like in high school um but my first time trying cbd i i like smoked some cbd stuff and i was just like man i'm like i'm not sure and then but you know i just want to keep trying keep trying I'm, I'm hearing all this hype because at that point people are starting to like dab cbd isolate and thc together and they're talking about mixing the two so i'm like i'm like all right let me just and then finally like it just clicked and like you know i can't remember i think it was uh some tincture drops i was doing mm-hmm and, and I, I was doing some uh, THC CBD tincture drops. And I just noticed that like my pump and my blood flow were like just fucking awesome after these workouts. <laughs> and so then I was like, well, you know, a- a- as opposed to getting CBD distilled, I started to realize that these things were, um, you can have your own company. And I saw like a kid has a CBD company. And I'm like, dude, how'd you get licensing for this? <laughs> like what? Like, metric and he's like oh no bro this is completely different <laughs> and and i was like i was like oh shit you know you just basically need just you know you can start a cbd company way more easier than a thc so um once i realized that you know we were in colorado which was like uh, the hub a lot of hype uh and, and and i feel at that time there was a lot of different extractors that were really trying to compete and put out good different products, Mm -hmm. you know, before the, before prices kind of fell and, you know, everything kind of happened with that market. So I felt at that time I was really able to kind of try out a bunch of different stuff. I went to a few places, got samples and just all the ones I really like I started making oil through them, started providing to people. And just obviously like in the fitness community, I've kind of got that, that backbone, that reach that like, if fitness people say it works, it works because we we can we can de- detect, you know, a placebo a mile away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I just led to that. And I just, you know, through uh, working fitness, I'd always uh, done sales that were good, good quality products, good, high quality stuff. Uh, and so it, it just transitioned to, hey, this guy's known for good nutrition products. Uh, and so it, it, it transferred over into the to the cannabis or, or I guess hemp space.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a pretty cool story too, because those are the ones I think that, that, you know, when we've already talked about your knowledge in in cannabis and fitness and how they kind of intertwine and, and now that, you know, you have a product and this product was also basically like birthed from a need you know, a need that you right. saw. And then also at the same time, I feel you, man, we we talk about this all the time of like, there's like CBD and pillows and pillowcases and <laughs> CBD shoes. And we saw something the other day that was like another or CBD at this gas station or somewhere we saw, and it just makes your head spin. It's like, holy shit, right. they like ruined CBD, you know, but CBD is like a very good compound. And if it's paired uh, appropriately of different things, like there is absolutely some great benefits in CBD, uh, just as much as, you know, THC. Um, And so this is what we need. We need more people who care about the products, who like incorporate the products in like a usable fashion where they're going to get something out of it versus more of these just isolated products. Or I even think about the tinctures that are just like 99% uh, CBD isolate, and that's kind of it. And maybe there's not even other like paired herbs or anything with it. And and I just feel like the people are just missing uh, like the... Like what makes cannabis and CBD like its thing? And like what gives it its power? Like it's all the other stuff that goes with it. It like provides that boost. And so I feel like that's cool on you to identify uh, basically in a hole in the market to then provide something real to people Uh, because you're totally right. You know, people and people who care about their health like yourself and like ourselves, uh, you can really snuff out the bullshit pretty quickly. And uh, then you then you just really turned off for those like products that are that are not really like made to be useful.
0: Right, right. No, for sure. And and that's, I really try and get people to encompass, you know, that with like macronutrients. I try and tell people not to focus on protein. You know what I'm saying? Like if, you know, don't eat just protein, you want carbohydrates and fats, you know, don't, don't get too like, like I said, don't get stuck in, in those isomers and really just create a product that if you know you're using it, like that's my whole thing. And it's, it's, it's a gift and a curse. But I really like to release products after I use them. I get feedback from people and, and I truly understand what's going on. But, you know, with that being said, I still have people from three years ago that still use my CBD. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just sent an order of four bottles out to someone's mom that's been using it for three years. And it's like, dude, that's way past placebo.
1: She, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. She,
0: she could have stopped, you know, two and a half years ago. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so there's, you know, a good handful of people that do that. And so, you know, just like to me, that's just solidifies that Hey, this is something that people need daily. And if it's done and produced the right way, you know, there's there's uh it's just something you need. And, and that's also part of like, I just want my brand to be affordable to other people as well, too. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got some of the lowest pricing, not because, you know, I'm cutting corners, but, you know, I think uh, dispensaries and stuff like that. And the whole legal market of, oh, you, you got to do 50% markup on all your stuff. That's Customers are too smart now. Yep. They, they, they they know when you're marking shit up. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that, and, that, and, and, and that's why other markets are thriving, you know, whether it be traditional market or however you want to word that. But uh, that, that's my thing. I just want something affordable because if it's medicine, CBD or THC, you know, you, you, you want to be able to take it for a whole month, not just here, there, stop, yeah, you know.
2: exactly and that's the problem with some cbd companies like they might say they're really high in milligrams but then with the price you can't even touch it so it's like i can't buy that either way you know what i mean yeah it's It's just crazy but talking about markets um you know you were in the colorado market for a long time and the last two years you've switched over to michigan we've not really dove into the michigan market very much so tell us a little bit more about what you're doing out there and kind of what you're seeing and how it's going
0: Oh man, the (laughs) Michigan market. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good one, man. It's a, it's, it's a good one. I like it. Um, it's completely different from Colorado. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy because Michigan and Colorado were probably two of the first states to really kick off medical rights and, and caregivers and all that sort of stuff. But Michigan was a little bit slower to legalize things, but you know, that's just how things go. But, um, It's crazy, man, because Colorado, there was a lot of, from a cultivation, dispensary standpoint of view, Colorado, lots of greenhouses. Mm -hmm. Every, you know, especially once you get outside the Denver area, tons and tons of, you know, greenhouses and what you're able to produce out of a greenhouse uh, was amazing. You know, it's it's stuff that you you enjoy smoking. When done right, you know, that Colorado sun is pretty much just kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, it's, it's awesome. So here you get to Michigan and it's like, you know, um, it's going to be lots of micro grows, lots of indoor setups, uh, very little greenhouses, our outdoor stuff that we produce is all for extraction. Um, it doesn't have that pretty finish like in Oregon, you know, Mm -hmm. where the buds are green. Like I saw a couple of outdoor fields this year and just, just from the, the rain and the weather, it just, it's it's not pretty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem optimal. Not,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so on the West coast, you know, you're, you're definitely lucky and, and blessed to have some of that, that sort of opportunity to grow out there um, and produce that kind of product. But, uh, but here, the one thing I do like about Michigan is there's a lot of small growers mm-hmm. um, and the, this, the storefronts are actually really nice. Um, I feel like kind of when Colorado went legal, I feel like people didn't go too crazy putting a bunch of money into the retail front because it was still kind of like that, like doctor's office kind of yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, I just like, is,
1: you know, as big as this,
0: it's, yeah. it's as big as your office yeah. right now. You know what I mean? It's like, here, bro, I got a jar. I got you. Yeah.
1: Right. Like, <laughs> and I like throw up some posters and like, that's it.
2: That's it yeah. <laughs> yep. It stark, yep. Yeah.
1: That's
0: so, so that's the one thing I've noticed is like, so people out the out Michigan, they're really taking a look at the, at the footprint of the people. Um, and you know, what they can really make out of these retail fronts. Um, so it it provides a good experience, you know, um, lots of different winners, lots of different macro growers, lots of different brands, lots of different SKUs, you know, um, I think everyone is like running their life up right now, which is kind of annoying, but, um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, how does it work with like, you know, you have a lot of indoor grows there, as you said. And so does that mean that there's like a lot more high quality flower to choose from, you know, is it, is it? like the quality different than Colorado? Cause in Colorado, I know there's like these three tiers and they even sell outdoor on the shelf. That's what I used to sell is like some really seeded outdoor weed and people would buy it for like a super low price. And then you had a greenhouse and then you have indoor. And I feel like we always just looked at the indoor as like the premium, no matter what. But then if it's a market is like 90% indoor grown, does that also mean that there's like, there's like mids and, and kind of some lower level, like stuff that comes from that? Or is it all just like high quality cannabis that's grown indoors?
0: Oh, no. There, so there's definitely a lot of people in the middle of the pack, you know, um, it's just, you know, as opposed to like when we know someone grows like shitty outdoor gets weathered, you know, yeah. it's just like when it's indoor, it's just, you know, a bunch of popcorn, a bunch of small bugs. Mm you know, and and kind of just goes through that whole, that, that the, you know, the tumblers and the the packaging, you know, they're big on packaging here too. So that's, that's one thing that changes a little bit is so, you know, how buds get broken down smaller and smaller with the indoor. There's definitely a lot of top brands. And what that does is that creates an exclusivity for it. So even though we're two going three years into this market, there's still top brands still getting 3000 a pound, 3,500 a pound. So, um, and, and, And what I tell people all the time is for some of these brands, there's just not enough square foot to match the population. Yeah. So, so what happens is, um, you know, Michigan has like 10 million people, uh, 11 million, which is like four or five more than Colorado. Mm -hmm. So, so that's literally double. And so what happens is versus, you know, you blowing out your greenhouse and pulling down 200 pounds, you're just blowing out 60 lights and you're only able to get half of that. Yeah. So, So, so if, if you've got a high quality brand, oh, your shit's selling out all the time mm-hmm. because, because people, people want that flow. You know how those, distri- you know how those, those distribution models go. You've got some, some of those dishes eating up hundreds of pounds a week. Yeah. And so, and so when you're a top shelf Indo, your shit's gone first. Now, obviously when you get to the mid, that's where you get lost in, in, in the mix and kind of, you get, you know, pushed to the side, like the vegetables, I say, yeah. um, and, and you know, that then you're stuck in between battling that twelve hundred to seventeen fifty range, you know. Um so unfortunately those margins suck when it's indoor. Um yeah. and, but th- that's kind of what's happening like in the market. And so of course, you know, you, you do have your greenhouses that produce good good stuff, good terpy stuff. Um, it's just that it's not as cheap, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so so whenever it's you know eight hundred dollars a pound for depths in Colorado, you're like Shit, man! It was just sun and soil <laughs> and, and a few laborers, you, you know. Yeah. But but here, but here in Michigan, you know, they offer you a thousand bucks for that, and you're like, "Fuck, dude! I still I still ran my lights at thirty percent this cycle. Right. Yep. You know, I I I have a completely sealed off greenhouse, so I still have to." Keep keep my airflow going. All this machinery pushing stuff through more more uh, more mechanically than passive in Colorado because you're not like in mountains where you get those fucking wind gusts, you know, mm-hmm. blowing you off the fucking side of the uh, side of the mountain. You, you know <laughs> what I mean?
1: Yeah, totally. It's kind of interesting because I hadn't even thought about that, but it's totally like a different dynamic. And, it, and and I could see why it'd be a challenge for you know even cultivators or even just businesses in general to move to Michigan because then even sourcing products and stuff. Uh, I mean, not even beyond flour, but I'm even thinking about the concentrate market might even be different because of that, too. Maybe there's higher quality concentrates because there's more available. Maybe the concentrates are more expensive because there's not as much outdoor stuff available just to make, you know, some cheap distillate and put in vape carts. You know, I I hadn't even really thought about that dynamic, but really the geography of these states and especially as each state is like closed off to to each other state. Uh, it, it is kind of a crazy dynamic that these states have to produce their own cannabis within the confines and within like the climate uh, of each right. state, which Michigan is almost like the most further north you can get in the u s. and And obviously, right. that's not like conducive. Whereas, you know, maybe if like Florida comes around, you can almost have uh, you know auto you know. flowers going year around in Florida outdoors right. and and get some decent decent stuff. So that is a pretty crazy dynamic. and i'm I'm guessing that's a challenge for cultivators as well because then there's probably pressure for you to. To turn crops fast and then eventually you probably have to cut strains if they take taken too long or or other strains finish faster and it probably dictates yep. a lot of that
0: oh yeah oh yeah so outdoor here nothing goes past november yeah you know yeah. what i mean because it just you're gonna get one or two of those nights so literally just you know kill your plants out there or, or you know the, the years prior we got some early snows Like when I got here before in December, we'd already had significant snow on the ground. So I I knew plants were already chopped away before that versus, you know, sometimes you'll catch someone in Colorado where you're like, fuck, dude, it's Thanksgiving. Your plant's still going.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or you could be in Colorado where there's like a snowstorm in early October and then
1: you're screwed. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. For sure. So th- there's definitely some, some land dynamics. I just think the big thing here is uh, a lot of the outdoor doesn't end up turning into some of those, uh, those heady concentrates, mm-hmm. like the, like the hash and, and the rosin, because, you know, once, once those plants kind of start that necrosis and kind of start to really fade hard, that stuff isn't good in extracts, but it, it makes, you know, makes awesome bait pens. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
1: for sure. Right. Interesting. So then, um, you know, Tell us a little bit more about, you know, you've had an interesting kind of way of looking at both, you know, Colorado and Michigan. And, and we've now discussed that those are kind of two unique markets. You know, what do you see is we kind of maybe go towards like federal legalization or we see like the East Coast now and some of your kind of like some of your, you know, your, your hometown places start to legalize cannabis. Do you think there's going to be a lot that these other states can pull and, and learn from, you know, Colorado and Michigan? Or do you think it's going to be like each one is unique on its own?
0: You know, I... I wish we would take lessons from each other. And, and I wish that we would like, you know, co- Colorado, California, I, we're, we're all kind of following this will of like too much tax, no dispensaries, too many grows, <laughs> too much weed. All right. New like ownership. Yeah. Yep. So, so like, as much as I want to like, like, like hold hands and be like, we got this, we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> we're going to make it through it. Like I, I, I think, I think legalization is going to be a little bit of a shit show. Uh, I, I, not a little bit, a lot. I, <laughs> I think that I think that what's going to happen is for the, the states that are waiting, because, you know, for us, like Colorado, some of these states were like, yo, let's push this bill through. Is this is how we want stuff. We're going to set the norm. Colorado and your governor have said, you know, times, hey, we want to set the standard for this, whether it's hemp or cannabis. You're OK with that target on your back. Um so some states are like that, but then like I'm always wondering, like a state like Kansas, like what are, <laughs> are like that's like corn. There's no weed culture there. Are they even going to legalize grows? Mm-hmm. Are are they are they even going to legalize grows more than like a hundred licenses? You know, will, will they just want to have like a retail model and just import from Oregon mm-hmm. and and Michigan? You know, we're close to them, so it's like I'm I'm th- I'm guessing that half the states are going to be importing stuff. And then half the states are just going to rely on like states like Oregon to kind of relieve some of the flow of stuff because, uh, you know, even whenever these states go legal, it's going to take three years to build a grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's
2: kind of what I was thinking when you were talking earlier. This is like agriculture 101. Like you're not trying to grow freaking bananas in Colorado like you would grow them. Right. Florida you know what I mean or wherever and so it's like why are we not allowing like you said like Oregon who has historically grown too much weed like let them grow the weed or California or you know the opportune places to grow weed and ship it elsewhere and like you said people in Kansas they probably don't know how to like start a grow and they probably have no desire to start a grow so they don't need to worry about it but I think if you open federal legalization and allow you know interstate commerce like that would allow for you know the people that should be doing it to do it and everybody to focus on what they're actually good
0: at yeah exactly exactly so that's how i feel about it i wanted it just to go smooth and you know i think that's like the only thing politics actually i care about you know what i mean like <laughs> okay. i don't right left whatever you i don't care who you fucking voted for but please don't <laughs> fuck up my weed laws like <laughs> <Right>? yeah
1: don't <laughs> vote know? for more taxes they're like what the hell are you doing yeah.
0: right exactly exactly so uh, you know i want to see i really want to see but kush pump as legalization expands i really want to see like you know more lounges, more consumption-friendly stuff. You know, so Kush Pumpkin, you know, have like a, a gym pop up, or we can have gyms across the country where you can consume and stuff like that. I'm I'm really concerned on, on the sh- social stuff because you know, in some cities like Colorado, you can have an open container and walk all the way down the street. Yep. yep. But but you have one fucking joint and you're you're in cuffs yep. for yep. You, you know. So I, I really want to see see that happen because that's really going to like empower. Uh, other ancillary products, brands, services, because it was just about growing and selling weed. I I don't really think that's going to be too fun for for the majority of us because, you know, this market and, you know, I think even a lot of players have already exited the the market, The, the big investors, these big head funds. I mean, we see it quarter after quarter after quarter, they're down 5 million, 15 million, you know, whatever mill, throw the number on it, and then, you know, either they're exiting, they're being bought out. So at this point, I kind of think uh, legalization is really just like those companies that are really just trying to tread water and hope that they can like, you know, really scale. Um, that one company out of Florida, I forget who they got, just got merged by. But, you know, I'm just really hoping that us, the people can still be included in stuff, which is also what Michigan has been good for. is like small licenses. I hope there's a lot of small license mm-hmm. opportunity. For legalization, not just, you know, here's this hundred page docket that you need, you know, no. a twenty thousand dollar retainer just for an attorney just to submit that kind of shit. Like yeah. those are things people don't tell you about legalization.
1: Yeah, yeah really.
2: Yeah, and that's what really sucks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that was gonna be my point. And like this this has pissed off a lot of people in the past, but I do think that we've over over regulated cannabis, like vastly. And I can understand it. You know, Colorado did it first, and there's even stuff at Colorado that still to this day doesn't make sense. And I think once we see like New York kind of pop off and the East Coast kind of go off, I think the things you're saying immediately, I had ideas in my brain of like it's it is going to be a whole different line of products that are designed for even like fitness enthusiasts, and it's I even envisioned some form of like drink or a powder. I'm sure like a pre workout something oh, to yeah. come up with that now you can take to the gym and mix in your bottle and take it, whereas we're not there yet today because I think we're too. We're too focused. We're still arguing about you know how high a percentage of a concentrate can be. Yeah, you can still go buy. You can go buy you know as high a percentage of concentrate of alcohol as you want at the Mm -hmm. liquor store, and shit, you can buy as much liquor as you want and walk out the door. (laughs) It bottles. Yeah, I just spent two hundred bucks there like a month ago with my parents, and we walked out with a cart full of liquor, and I'm like, holy shit, this is gonna take me like a year to drink all this. I don't even no drink problem. liquor, but there was no problem. It's like, who cares? But cannabis, it's like I walk out of there with like an ounce of weed that's going to last, you know, a couple of weeks or something for me. And, and then I feel like a criminal because then they're like, that's it. That's your purchase <laughs> limit. That's all you can buy. Right. And I do think in that sense, we've overregulated it. And it's still like this old mentality, I think, that still percolates in our industry today that it's really kind of hampered it and kept it down. Whereas, you know, what you're doing and you're planning for the future of, uh, it being more of a cultural item, more of like an incorporated it into your lifestyle. I think we're, we're yet to get to that point. And yeah. I think that's good for companies like yourself though, because you are going to be the ones that, that lead this charge of, of showing people that you can incorporate in your lifestyle and you're not some crazy stoner, so to speak, or or some lunatic, or you're not, you know, jumping off bridges and doing crazy stuff. Like you're very productive, you're very intelligent. Uh, you're very focused on what you're doing. And you're inspiring other people to to improve their life and themselves, and I think that really uh, speaks volumes to to cannabis and what we need in the future.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Th- thank you. And and that's and that's like my thing with Kush Pump is, you know, I tell people I'm fine right now just dogging paddle. Mm-hmm. I'm in I'm I'm in no rush to get some like licensing deal and think that, you know, things are going to be solved tomorrow if if I get a licensing deal today. And I, I think that a lot of that stuff was maybe rushed years ago you know cuz cuz i think that sometimes like we get so much anticipation on like legalization a couple like I think like 5 6 years ago we were like it's going federal tomorrow yeah. <laughs> like, we were yeah. we were like pushing and like you know one of my cousins he He's uh for weed, but he's like, bro, he's like, this isn't gonna happen for another four or five years, and like at that point, I'm like, you're wrong. Just wait, it's gonna happen. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so now I realize I'm like, oh, this is what he's talking about. He
2: always so say, like,
0: yeah. yeah, it takes time. Yeah, we're, we're so here we are. So that's my thing with Kush Pump is I'm literally just waiting for the right time and really just you know taking time is you know we release like. Different shirts and really merge into the sport world. And, you know, it, it'd be nice to see other, like, you know, um, other, like, cush pump, like, you know, sporting type things. Like, this literally just came off my head. Like, the leather from hemp could be, you know, a basketball. You know, mm-hmm. it, it'd be cool if there was other type things that you can, like, incorporate, like, that into the sporting world mm-hmm. versus literally just being like, like, here, bro, smoke this joint. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. And, like, I, I think it's going to be, I want, That accompanied with like 3D printing to really be the future of Cush Pump and the things we do. Like Burner. Burner's always dropping the craziest shit. And like, I'm always like, damn, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Always these things that like, you you know what I mean? Like some of the, the different like rolling trays and some of these cool things that they're doing. It, it's not necessarily like this crazy patent they have like licensed out but it's just part of the brand and yeah. if you're a smoker and you buy this stuff you know that there's like those little little niches in there that's like fuck that that makes a difference for, for that stuff that, that's a cool brand yeah so
2: we totally see that too burners got us a couple times <laughs> yeah
0: like that and exhibit so i, I really yeah. like exhibit because he's got his uh his napalm and I don't know if you guys remember, but he was a part of that brass knuckles that got caught with that Eagle 20 like six years ago. Oh
1: shit! <laughs> they they,
0: they, were, they were making some vapes. Obviously, it was in this early infancy stage of California. Nothing was too uh, regular yet, but uh, yeah, some of their carts came back with some contaminants that were not good. Oh man! And of course, you, you know, and so like when there's stuff like this happens, you know, we want to make fun of like uh. The, the person who's like behind it. But I think now we realize being in this game that it's like, yo, dude, those weed growers did not know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> yeah. They just sprayed that shit because they had bugs and they were trying to deliver some product <laughs> for exhibit. Yeah. Who, who now looks, now it looks like shit because it tested, you know, whatever. But he went through that. Now he's got good quality stuff. <laughs> that grenade thing with the fucking That's joint. dope, and, isn't it? Yeah, That's fucking so that. Dope. And the other thing he has, I'm like, I, I like seeing stuff like that thrive. You know what I mean? Right. You, you can tell he likes to smoke weed. If you hear interviews, people talk about him. They say he's one of the heaviest smokers around. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's it's cool to see that happen and yeah. people actually get it right.
2: Yeah, he knows his shit. Where, where is he out of? Is it in California where his products? Yeah, are? he's in
0: he's in California. I okay, believe. cool. I mean, I know he's there. I don't think he's in any other state, so.
2: Cool.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's going to be. Even cooler to watch, you know, as like even like mainstream sports like NBA, I know NBA players are starting to get into it. You know, Alex Todd with Saucy and Jay Z, and uh, it's like that's coming around. I'm sure the NFL at some point, uh, you know, I know a couple of those uh, NFL players are like sponsoring CBD brands. And so I think you're right. I think the culture is like just now starting to get infused, and who knows what people are going to come up with in the future. Um, But really, like, we're still at like the precipice of it, it just beginning. I think back, I've been thinking this whole time of like, you know, they come almost as quickly as they go. And and somebody that I always laugh about oh, is MedMen. It's like MedMen <laughs> came on and we were all worried of like, oh my God, they're taking over. And then like next month they're bankrupt and like everybody was right. quitting. And so I think we have to keep that in mind that a lot of people are coming out and they think they got clout. Um, But the culture is going to win over and the culture will always win. And if the culture just kind of like stays steady and keeps plugging along and doing doing what's real, um, the future of cannabis will be in the culture's hands like these corporate these corporate companies, I think, are going to have to bend over to the culture at some point.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's and, and that's why people like me and you, you know, end up in all these weird marketing business. (laughs) <laughs> you know advertising predicament meetings and they call you on and they're like hey like what do you think about this and it's like dude like <laughs> it's one of those things like if you got to ask i can't teach it yeah. I, I like you know what i mean it's just one of those things where uh yeah man the, the culture will definitely be um something that the lasts for that mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I I feel you. well thanks lamar for hanging with us again in session like it was super dope and i'm hoping we're all going to be around three more years later and we can see what we're all up to hell yeah hey
0: episode 325 i want to be back okay. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
1: dang it dude you
2: got a lot of work <laughs> that's to do. a lot of
1: work but we're down for it all right the future make sure you guys tune into episode 325 to find <laughs> out and. Three years of what Lamar's been up to.
2: <laughs> All right, Lamar. Well, we have one final question for you. We are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid?
1: Oh. Bam. <laughs> That's what's up. I'm lit and we're in control, baby. Yep. I love it. You You're are. One of the littest and one of the most lucid people we know. Yeah. So I, yeah, I feel thanks. like I'd proudly wear that title. For people out
0: there, add me on Instagram. It's going to be kushpump underscore net. Of course, we're like shadow bands, so you got to type in the whole thing. But just get get at me on there. I'm always posting random stuff. Fitness, nutrition, uh, or fitness and cannabis, all that different stuff. Just uh, holler at your boy.
2: Yeah. Give there him a go. follow. Super fun page. Super dope. Join the lifestyle. Kush pump.
1: All right. I'm down with it. Cool.
2: <laughs> all, right, all right, you guys. With that, I'm lit.
1: I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Peace. Yee.